0: Hey everyone, so glad that you could join us again for our online service here at Impact Life Church. You know, it's so blessed as Jamie and I that you just continue to be part of our online family, watching us, staying connected to us, what we're doing here, and we're just so blessed by you, and we just want to let you know how thrilled we are, and we are believing God that 2021 is going to be a great year for you. As we know from the word Psalm 65 verse 11, that he crowns the year with goodness, that even the hard paths overflow with abundance and we're believing that for you and just know that uh, you are connected to us we're connected to you our heart is for you and we're just so glad and grateful and honored that you continue to hook up and stay plugged into what God is doing uh, through this ministry impacting your lives and to really again impacting uh, or sorry impact life church we're here to impact generations for Jesus. And the way that we do that is we continue to get the word out. That is our focus. That's what God has called us and mandated us to do is to get the word out there. And uh, again, this is what we're doing and we're so thrilled that you joined us. And we know that this word that's planted in your heart is able to produce a bountiful harvest in your and my life. So I don't moat you, but I'm so thankful for the word of God. I'm sure you are sitting where you are. You got your Bibles ready to rock and roll, ready to go and see what God's got to say. Because, you know, every time that we come with expectation, with a high expectation to hear from him and his word, he never disappoints. So this morning, I wanna encourage you, get your expectation up. Even though you may be looking through some of these verses that you've heard before, don't let them become familiar to you. Don't allow them to be go, oh, I've heard that, so let it just bounce off here and out. No, let them actually just continue to impart to you. Let them continue to hit your heart. And uh, I know that the word of God has got a powerful word for you this morning because God said that he's watching over his word to perform it in our lives. And so I'm so thankful for that this morning. So if you got your Bibles, let's start off in Psalm chapter 8, and we're just going to be going back and talking about the series that the Lord has have had, had, us, had us doing here uh, for the past about three weeks now. And it was just talking about becoming a friend of God. And as I go into 2021, you know, this is the last Sunday in 2020, er, 2020 and I want to continue what I've been going into Finishing off 2020, going into 2021, I want to know God. I want to walk intimately with with Him. I want to know Him in a greater level. That's the desire of my heart. That's my goal. If you were to put, you know, your January goals, well, my annual goal for 2021 is to know Him more intimately and better than I have in 2020. That's my heart's desire. And I know, I believe that's the same for you. But before we jump into talking a bit about a friend with God, again, I want to just show you uh, God's heart in all this. You know, in Psalm chapter eight, I'm, I'm going to again. I have it in the Passion Bible. But becoming a friend of God, you know, God's will for you and my life is that we would walk intimate with one another. Like if you really just stopped and think about that, that the God of the universe, the Creator, the, the Bible says that He holds the universe between His thumb and His pinky. That's how He measures it. And then when he talks about measuring the oceans, he actually can hold the oceans in his hand. This ginormous big God that we have, the creator of this galaxy, this universe, and yet universes that are out there, he wants to be my friend. He wants to be your friend. I mean, if you just stopped and thought about that for a moment, even just this past week, uh, there was lots of talks about that, uh, the Bethlehem star that was being shown and how marvelous it was. Of course, you know, here in Red Deer was snowing, so we weren't able to see it, but I saw some pictures and it looked amazing. And sometimes I just stared at those pictures and just went man, that's my father. That's my God. And he wants to be close with me. He wants to be my friend and he wants to share truths and wisdom and impart love and life into me. It's amazing just to stop and think about it. Jesus was not for religion. He didn't come to bring us a religion. He came to reveal a relationship to us. And that's, this is what it's all about. So becoming a friend of God is not a list of do's and don'ts about being better. It's understanding the heart of our father and working simultaneously with him. That's the the desire of what we're doing here. But again, looking at Psalm chapter eight, let's read this together. Verse one, we're going to read through verse five. It says, Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your splendor. Your glorious majesty streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at your moon and your stars mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all. But when I look up, and see such wonder and workmanship above, I have to ask you this question. Compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you bother with puny mortal men or be infatuated with Adam's sons? Yet what honor you have given to men, created only a little lower than Elohim, crowned like kings and queens with glory and magnificence. Now, again, verse four, it says that, why do you bother with such puny mortal men? And it says that you are infatuated with them. What is that word infatuated? And if you look that up, that word infatuated just means someone who's possessed with an intense passion or admiration. Our father, God right now is absolutely possessed with an intense passion and admiration for you. Yes, you, right where you're sitting today, no matter what your surroundings look like, God is infatuated with you. He wants to walk closely with you. This has been from the very beginning. God's desire, his passion, his will, is that he walk closely with mankind. You know, you and I are experiencing as much of God in our life as we want. You know, God wants to continue to reveal more of himself. He continued, I mean, he gave himself completely on the cross to us, so we have Jesus in the fullness. But more, we can experience more and more of him as we open ourselves up to have more and more of him in our lives. So really, you and I are the ones that determine how much of God we want in our lives. And I don't know about you, but for myself, I really want to have as much of God that this frame can handle. (laughs) there's so much more God can I can experience in my own life in my soul in my body and I want it all before we get into heaven and I I just I'm in love with this man Jesus and I know you are too but there's so much yet that I want to know about him and grow in him and now continue looking on like listen to God's heart in this in 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 verse 16 this is what God has said. He said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Now this is something God has been talking about from the very beginning of time. The moment that Adam and Eve fell out of the garden. He talked about you know, a Savior coming. And all throughout the Old Testament, through the prophets of old, they continually would say these words that God inspired to give them. He says one day I'm going to set up a new covenant. One day there's going to, the rescuer will come. And what's he going to do? It's not going to just be around them or God around. I want to be in them. I want to be their God and they'll be my people. This is his heart. He just wants you. He wants people. That's always been his heart and that will never change. Now notice this in Hebrews chapter eight, kind of this along the same lines, but I want you to hear it from, again, God's, God's word. From the message Bible, it says this, heads up in verse eight, the days are coming when I'll set up a new covenant between Israel and Judah and notice that that's covenants also being made with us. In verse 10, it says, this time I'm writing out the plan in them, carving it on the lining of their hearts. I'll be their God and they will be my people. They won't go to school to learn about me or buy a book called God in five easy lessons. They'll all get to know me firsthand. Come on, say that with me. Firsthand. What does that mean? It's not, you know, God doesn't want to, you know, reveal himself to you through somebody else. Of course, God can do that. But God designed you and I to experience and know him firsthand information. Jesus paid too high of a price for you to get to know him secondhand. Man, isn't that powerful? And he says, they'll all get to know me firsthand. The little and the big, the small and the great. They'll all get to know me by being kindly forgiven. What the slate of their sins forever white clean. This is what he did in his coming. And so you and I, again, we can experience as much of God as we want. How much do you want him going into 2021? I want more of him. I want to know him. But here's the thing. He's already provided this way for you and I to experience him firsthand. Now we just got to give him the time. And so what we're doing, you know, I can basically I can see God doing this. Here I am. If you want me, come and get me. Right, And I don't know about you, that, that stirs me up going, okay, God, I've heard you respond to, you said to my heart, come to me, Lord, my response is, I'm coming. I'm going all in. I'm going after you with everything that I've got. So now, what we've been talking about is, you know, having a friendship with God is we're really taking the time to understand how God works. In Amos chapter three, verse three, it says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? It is so important for you and I to not, to understand How our God functions, how he operates, how he thinks, how he lives. Because in understanding that, then I can participate with his type of living. Now, because God, again, why? God is not going to change his way of living, his way of thinking, his way of being, and adapt to my humanistic level. Instead, what has God done? He's actually, through Jesus, lifted me up. Caused me to sit with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 2 verse 6. And now I there sit with him. He's called me to live a life just like he lives, and that's another message entirely, but this is the whole purpose of why Jesus came. Even though we were dead in sin, even though we were stuck in that, you know, the sinful way of life and just the humanistic, living by our flesh, living by our senses, our five physical senses, that's all we could live by, God has called you and I up and out to live like him. This is the whole purpose why Jesus came, and this is what we just celebrated this past week, the birth of his son Jesus Christ coming to us. and I that he came because the big reason why he came is so I can live life like he does. Now, the question that we're asking is, What type of lifestyle does God live? And over the past of these last two, three weeks, we've really talked about why faith. What's the purpose of faith? And we found out this is that what is the lifestyle that God operates and lives by? I gave you the answer already it's by faith. Come on, say it with me the F word by faith. Faith. Say it again. Come on. By faith. So what has he called me to live by? By faith. Faith then is the highest level of thinking, speaking, and acting. Living by faith simply means this is that I live by what God has said in his word. You know, a lot of times, this is where I find people miss it, is they kind of look at the Bible as a bunch of rules, a bunch of do's and don'ts, or, hey, this would be really good if you could try, you know, living your life like this, finding it almost from a, you know, human standpoint, it's too difficult to attain. But, you know, the word of God isn't here to be burdensome to us. Let me just give you this verse in 1 John chapter 5 verse 3. It says, true love for God means obeying his commands and his commands don't weigh us down with heavy burdens. Why is that? How can that be? Because the grace of God helps us live a godly life. His grace not only should be, it says here, doesn't weigh us down, but it actually gives us a delight to do it rather than, oh, I have to do this. When you're operating in the grace of God to live out this life, it's actually enjoyable. It's actually fun. Now, this word, of course, there's some things in this word, you know, that tells us to stay away from things, but it's not to take away your pleasure, take away your fun. No, because the bottom line in all this is like, let's just, let's be honest in this. Is sin fun? Yes. Now, no matter where you're sitting, the answer is yes, there is fun to sin. But what the devil never tells you is that at the end of it, it leads to death. It leads to depression, anxiety, fear, torment. You name it, it's, it's there. There is death at the end of it. And Jesus came to give you pure life, pure joy, pure love, pure hope. This is what he came to do. So in God... This is, you can have a blast. It actually says in Romans 14 that in his presence is fullness of joy. When you get to heaven, it's not going to be a real boring place. It is going to be ecstatic. It's going to be amazing. Why? Because we are with life himself. So I don't want, don't, don't look at this word and go, well, yeah, this is a bunch of do's and don'ts, a bunch of limits. And there's things that I can't do. No, that if you switch your focus on it going, this is the way to truly live life at the highest, live life at the possible best way that I can while I'm on this earth. This is why he gave his word, right? It's, it's a powerful way. Now living by faith simply means this is that I've made now a quality decision daily that the word of God is my final authority. If you haven't made that decision, you've got to make that decision. It's great that you may have made it a couple years ago or last week, but you have to continually, every single day, make a concrete decision in your soul saying, okay, soul, my final authority today is the word of God. What God says in his word is final. That's how I'm going to live my life. This is how I'm going to think. And we're training and educating ourselves to go with what he said. Because the reason why is... We live by faith, not by sight. There's two different ways of living. I can operate by my five physical senses and a lot of times what I'm going to see in the natural is going to contradict what I see written in God's word. So what do I do? I have to always stick. As a believer, I have to always stick with what he said. When what I see doesn't line up with what he said, stick with what he said because what he said has got the power and the ability to change and turn what is seen in the natural. Again, this is... There's a whole lot of messages you can go into that, but this is what we as believers do. We look not at things which are seen, but we look at things which are not seen. Why? Because the things that are seen are temporal, they're subject to change, and I don't know about you, but we've seen a lot of changes over this year. But the Word of God is eternal, meaning it does not change, it doesn't need to change, it's current. This word is current for 2020, going into 2021. This word never needs to change because it is always up to date. God is always up to date. Man, isn't that powerful? This is good news. And so glad that we have a word from God that we can read and say, God, what are you saying? What are you thinking? What are you doing? And it's all written down in his word. Now, why faith? And this is what we left off a couple weeks ago. But you know, when you see this in four different areas in the Bible, you see it in Habakkuk, you see it in Romans, you see it in Galatians, you see it in Hebrews, this phrase, the just shall live by faith. So why faith? Faith is not optional for a Christian. Faith is required. Faith is the way that any Christian who've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior must live by. Faith is our lifestyle. Faith is the way we think. Faith is the way we talk. Faith is the way we act. Faith is the way we live. Again, when I say we live by faith, what am I saying? I live my life based on what God has said. I'm going to act like this word is true in my life. By doing that, we're living by faith, right? Now, it being a command, why is that? It's because you have been purchased by Almighty God you have been bought by the blood of jesus as he hung on that cross and all of the blood came out of him you were purchased not by silver not by gold you can read that in first peter but you were purchased by the precious blood of jesus And that blood, not only did it purchase you and take you out of the kingdom of darkness, it also transferred you and put you into the kingdom of God's dear son. You are part of a brand new kingdom called the kingdom of God. God's kingdom. This is where he's domain. This is where he's the boss. He's the head. And he has chosen of you and I to live by faith because he lives by faith. And for myself, I don't want to unhook from God. I mean, God has operated by faith from eternity past, eternity present, and to going into eternity future. God has chosen this way. He operates by faith. This is how we created the worlds. This is how we created the dispensations that we're in. This is how I want to live my life. Man, remember, keep Amos 3.3 3 in the back of your head. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? If I want to become a friend with God, I need to learn and operate by faith. This is how he thinks. This is how he talks. This is how he acts. This is how he lives. So for me, what I need to do is, I need to. if I need to have a complete brainwash, have a complete different way of thinking to line up with this word, then I will do it. This is how we can walk hand in hand with God. He 's not going to step out of faith and start milling and operating in his emotions. He 's not going to go there. God lives by faith, and that's why He requires it of you and I. Now, you know it kind of just even think of it from a natural perspective, a natural standpoint. I was just kind of reading up a few different things and looking at some legalities of different nations and stuff, and here in Canada. It's legal that you have marijuana, right? You can go to a cannabis and you can you can smoke it, you can do whatever you want with it. It's it's legal. If you're to go to Indonesia, if say all of a sudden like if you you had marijuana on you and all of a sudden you crossed over and you got into Indonesia, in Indonesia it's illegal there. And all of a sudden, let's say you landed on that landed there and they caught you with it. You have up to 4 years in prison caught with with marijuana. Well, yeah, but in Canada, it's legal. Yeah, but you're not in Canada anymore. You took an airplane and you flew to Indonesia. Now you're Indonesia. Like, we know this from a natural sense. Now that I have this, well, hey, the authorities catch you. That's it. Four years in prison. And with some pretty hefty fines, you can read that up for yourself. They've got some pretty strict laws in place for that. The point in all this is what I'm trying to say is, is that... Don't smuggle stuff across borders. That's not what I'm my message. <laughs> what I'm saying is that you can't just. This is the way that Canada operates. Well, if I'm going to go to Indonesia, well, I I can just operate however I want. You can't. Different countries, different rules. Well, the moment you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are taken out of the kingdom of darkness. And you were now lifted up into a brand new kingdom. And in this kingdom, it operates by faith. So if I cannot live successfully as a believer in this brand new kingdom, the kingdom of God that, I was, that I'm not a part of, and operate it from a standpoint of living just by my five physical senses, I will be frustrated. I'll be annoyed. I'll be, why isn't this working? Because you're in two different kingdoms. You're in the kingdom of God with a kingdom of darkness mentality, it doesn't fly there, it doesn't operate there. So this is what the Bible tells us is that we have to renew our thinking, renew our mind. To the world, our message as Christians to the world is, you gotta get saved, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's the hope, he's the light, he'll restore you, he has already purchased your salvation. Come to know the love of God that he has towards you. That's our message to the world. But our message to the church, people within the church is, You got to change the way you think because until I start thinking like God, I'm going to be missing it in some area in my life. God has required you and I to now live by faith and he's not going to come down and start operating in the kingdom of darkness. He will not do that because he's a God of light and he's called us. Thank God he's called us by grace and he's elevated our way of living to operate by faith. Amen. That's exciting. So again, why faith? Go to Hebrews chapter 11 for a moment, and let's look at this part here. Why faith? Why faith? Other than all the points we've discussed, I mean, there's, there's a lot in there that you could chew on all week, but why faith? And in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to read verse 5 and 6, but faith is the only way, come on, say that with me, the only way, faith is what? The only way to please God. It's the only way to please him. Religion says the just shall live by being good or the just shall live by following all the rules. It's not about that. God has called you and I to live by faith. And what's the only way to please him is when we live by faith. Now, let me just read these verses to you and we'll we'll dive into that a little bit. Verse five, it says this. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Man, isn't that awesome? He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. This was his reputation. What was his reputation? He pleased God. Well, how did he please God? By faith. That's how we please him. Now look at verse 6. And it is impossible. Impossible. What does impossible mean? Can't be done. There's no chance. It is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who sincerely seek Him. Now, as we go forward into this, I want to just lay this out that God is not hard to please, He's not unreasonable. Right? He's, not, he's not a tyrant sitting up in heaven. But I want you just to look at it this way, because sometimes I know, even for my own self, going, okay, God, it's impossible to please God without faith. Okay, I was like, man, that, it, sounded, it, could, it has the potential to sound a bit harsh, but maybe I want you to kind of flip this flow and flip the thinking and switch on this and look at it this way. God is not pleased when I'm not receiving. God is not pleased when I'm not victorious and overcoming. Think about it, he's a father, right? We call him father. The Bible tells us that we are his children. We are children and I got four kids of my own. I so enjoy when my kids are blessed. I enjoy when my kids are free. I enjoy when my kids are successful. I enjoy when my kids are healthy. I love that. I don't like it when my kids aren't receiving what I have purchased for them or what I got for them. I love to see them free. Now, I want you to see our Heavenly Father is the same way. He's not happy when we're sick, broke, beat down, no victory, constantly ever under some kind of stress or worry or anxiety. That doesn't please Him. And religion, for some stupid reason, thinks is that's a real spiritual thing, is that when you got nothing, you are nothing, you can be a blessing to nobody, but oh, I'm just hanging in there, that that's some sort of spirituality. That is totally contrary to the Word of God. The Word of God says that we actually, I mean, I'll I'll give you a verse here, Psalm 35, 27. In the New King James, it says this, Let them shout for joy and be glad. Who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. What does the Lord get happy about? What does he get excited about? He has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And if you look up that word prosperity in the Hebrew, it is the word shalom. And I'm probably sure you've probably heard that word shalom. And I'm the way, remember i hearing it, the, the definition of that word shalom being like this, nothing missing in your life, nothing broken in your life. When is God happy? When is he thrilled? When does he take pleasure? When there's nothing missing and nothing lacking in my life. Maybe that's new for some of you. Maybe you somebody don't even like hearing that, but that's the absolute truth. This is the word of God. He gets thrilled and excited When you have shalom, you are experiencing shalom. Nothing missing in my life, nothing broken in my life. This is what makes him happy. Let him bless you. Let him bless you. Come on, say that with me. I'm going to let God bless me. This is what he wants to do. (laughs) Now, let's look at this here for a sec. What gives God pleasure? Again, his children experiencing prosperity in every area of life. Every area. Every area. Come on, say it with me. Every area. Get as high pitched as you can. Every area. God gets thrilled by that. Now again, I want to talk about this about frustrating the grace of God. Because we know God to be the biggest and the greatest giver. This is who he is. And let's go to this uh, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. And I want to show you this from the word here. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. This is Galatians 2.20 in the Amplified. I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body I live by faith in, by adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now, before I was born again, I did not live by faith. How did I live? I live by feelings. I live by reasoning. I live by fear. Man, do you, do you remember those times, man, when you were not a child of God, when you weren't part of the kingdom of God? We were so limited to our life. We were limited by what we knew. We were limited by what we see. We, we, basically, we were in the dark. And all we could operate and live by was simply what we saw, what we felt, how by any kind of fear, anything. It was horrible horrible but god because of his immense mercy he sent jesus And what did he do? He lifted us up out of that state of just being stuck, living, just simply existing on this earth. And he illuminated our hearts. He illuminated our minds. He illuminated our sight in our our ears so we can see things, we know things. I mean, think about it. Who do you know? You know Jesus, the light giver, the salt, the the goodness of God. You know who he is, the one who came and churned with everything right, right around again, the savior of the world. We know him. Man, I'm so thankful for that. And so now how that I live this life, now that I'm on this earth, I now, the life I now live in this body, how do I live it? I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is now how I live my life. Oh man, now that I've accepted Jesus, I live by faith in God's love. I live by faith in what God has said. It's a powerful place. But now I want you to notice this in verse 21. It says, therefore, and, what is he, and this is all because of what I just said, the life I now live, by, I live in this body. I live by faith in the Son of God. Therefore, I do not treat God's gracious gift as something of minor importance and defeat its very purpose. Now notice this. I do not set aside and invalidate, sorry, invalidate and frustrate and nullify the grace of God. What's all of this saying? What is, what's the Holy Spirit trying to get to you and I? If I don't live by faith, I frustrate the grace of God. The grace of God. I frustrate it. What does it mean to get frustrated? Aggravated. Oh, I can't. This is why it's impossible to please God without faith. It's not that God's angry or mad at you. No, that's not it at all. He can't get something to you. I want, that's what we're changing our mindset on, not like, oh, God needs faith, and I don't want him to be angry at me. He doesn't get angry at you. He's angry he can't get something to you. Now, what is grace? Let's define this. Grace now is everything that God has freely given mankind. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. But because he loved us so very much, he gave us gifts. And these gifts, is, you know you see it in the Greek, it's the word charis or we get the word grace. Everything God has, everything he's given us is by grace. So what would frustrate a giver? Maybe, you, maybe that's something that you really enjoy doing. You enjoy giving gifts to friends, family, maybe your children. But what would frustrate a giver is someone who doesn't receive the gift. Have you ever given a gift to somebody where you say, hey man, I just, I wanted to give this. And they, oh, no, no, I, I don't want that. I don't want that. Well, if you know your heart, I have a son like this, my my second boy is such a giver. He enjoys making things and he just loves to give to people. And I remember there's one time that he made me this thing and just, you know, me not just taking the time to hear it out. I had to get going. And so he's like, hey, Papa, I made this for you. And I said, oh, buddy, I can't take that right now. It actually hurt him on the inside. And now recognizing that scene, I go, oh, bud, yes, let's show me to me. And then once I received that gift with joy, I said, buddy, I love it. Man, it thrilled his heart. Well, how much more is that we have the greatest giver. Our father is the greatest giver. What could, how could how could the greatest giver get frustrated? Is he's not able to give what he's already provided. That would frustrate him. Now, what would frustrate him? Someone not receiving, as I said, what he's provided. So what gives me access to everything that grace has provided? Faith. Again, let me ask you that question. What gives me access to everything that God provides? Faith. Let me give you a couple verses to show that. Romans chapter 5 and verse 2. It says this, through him, we have our access. Come on, say it with me. Access, access, access. I have access. Through him, we have our access, or entrance, or introduction by faith into this grace. Did you see that? How do I have access into the grace of God? By faith. I have access by faith into the grace of God. And the Amplified says, the state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely stand. Did you know, I mean, I'm sure you believe that, that all the blessings of God, Jesus, when he hung on the cross and he said, it is finished. Yes, he was talking about the law, but at the same time, all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, it is a done deal. Did you know that God has already done everything he's going to do about his blessing coming on you. He's already provided it. He's already done it. When did he do it? He did it 2,000 years ago when he sent Jesus to this earth. When he was on this earth for 33 years, he died, went to hell for you and I rose again from the dead. And now these blessings that God wanted to give mankind because of his love for us is all wrapped up in Christ and you are in him. And how do I get access to all these gifts? Faith. How do I get access to all the grace that God provides? Faith. Faith is the way. So faith isn't a denomination. Faith isn't a movement. Faith isn't just a little people group over here. Not just what kind of faith are you. No, no, no. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is the way that I think. Faith is the way that I talk. Faith is the way that I act. It's the way that I live because God has already provided for me everything that I'll ever need to live a godly life. Everything I'll need to enjoy this life. He's already given it to me. Doesn't mean that I have problems coming away. Problems come to everybody. But faith is what gives us the tool to overcome what's coming against us. You can see that in 1 John chapter 5. it will probably be next week's message. But we've already overcome. And how do we overcome? By faith. This is the tool, this is the means by which God causes his kids to be victorious on this earth. And I'm getting a little bit excited, but I want to show you one more verse. Go to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12. Now, I want to, um, as you're turning there, I want to read to you Romans 5, 2 again, but in the Passion Bible. It says, Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness. And every time you see marvelous kindness, a lot of times that's also translated grace. So let me say that again. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into His grace. Oh man, that's good. Permanent access? I got permanent access into the grace of God? How do I tap into that? Faith So all I'm doing right now is I'm just talking about why faith. As we go in, we're going to talk about what is faith? How do I use faith? How do I grow in faith? How do I develop it? Because listen, if I get permanent access into the grace of God by faith, I want to learn how to use this tool that God gave me called faith. It's vital. Every child of God has it. You have it right where you're sitting. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have faith. The issue is never is, oh, he just need more faith or if I could just have faith. You got it. You've accepted Jesus. You have it. Now it's up to you how you develop it, how you use it. It's, that's totally up to you. But you have it on the inside of you. And we're going to get into that in future, future weeks here. Ephesians chapter three, verse 12. It says this, in him or in whom, because of our faith in Him, we dare to have the boldness, the courage, the confidence of free access, an unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. Do you see that right here? In Him, because of our faith, we dare to have boldness of free access. I come to God. Bullied I mean the ultimate of all the gifts he's given the number one is is that I can come into his presence as If I've never done a thing wrong. How can I do that by faith? I believe what he did on the cross for me. I believe what He that his blood, what it's shed for me, what he did for me, and that I am pure, I'm holy, and I'm righteous in his sight because of what he's done. I can now come to you, Father, as if I've never done a thing wrong. And how wonderful it is that I can talk to you and you can talk to me. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And this is what our God's done. He's done it for us, not because of anything we've done, but because of how kind and how good and how merciful our Father is. This is who He is. And then in closing, I wanna give you this last verse. Romans chapter eight, verse 32. But God is not withholding anything from you. Oh, dear friend, wherever you're sitting right now, I want you to know this. God is not withholding anything from you. When you reach out to Him in faith, Grace is always there to reach out and to reveal to you his goodness and his mercy towards you. He's not a harsh God. He's not a distant God. He's not a, "Hmm, I'll see if you can do better. He's not a religious God. It's not who he is. God is not religious. (laughs) He's so into relationship and he wants you. He designed you for intimacy. And in Romans chapter eight, verse 32, it says this, he who did not withhold or spare even his own son but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him freely and graciously give us all other things? And the answer is, of course he would. If he gave you Jesus, which what we just celebrated on Christmas Day, we celebrated that for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. If we we believe that, if he gave us Jesus, he'd give us anything. He's not withholding anything from you. So wherever that you're at, I want to encourage you if you if you need healing in your body, if you need peace, if you need regardless of what you need, it can be found in this word. I'd encourage you based on the need that you have, go to him. Talk with him, commune with him, talk, fellowship with him in regards to what he's already said and what he's already provided. We're not in this relationship with oh God, I need this, I need that, I need this. He already knew all the needs that mankind could ever need on this earth and he's already provided it for us. He's a good father. And you know, at the same time, while we're here, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the first place for you is that you need a Savior. You need Jesus in your life. Just like I need Jesus, this whole world needs Jesus. But individually, your life, you on your own, you cannot make it. On your own, you won't be able to do it. On your own, not only just on your own in this life, going into eternity, there is not enough good works you could do to get you to stand before your before God Almighty and say, I'm perfect, I can come into heaven because I've done everything right. There's no such thing as a perfect person. But what God has done, he said, I'm gonna send my perfect son. And by those that believe in what he's done, I will save, I will rescue them. The Bible actually says, those that call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So this morning, if you're looking and if you're saying, man, I, I, I need Jesus in my life. It's not a religion, it's not about you doing better things or being a better person, although that, that's good, that will come. But this here is not a behavior modification message. This is about Jesus. You need to be introduced to the most wonderful, amazing man, God. His name is Jesus. So I want you right where you're sitting, close your eyes. And I want you to open up your heart and say these words with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe that Jesus came for me. I believe he died for me. And I believe he rose again for me. Come into my heart. I want him to be my Lord. I want him to be my Savior. I want him to be the King of my life. Jesus, I give you my life. It belongs to you to do with whatever you want with for your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Man, friend, if that was you this morning, we want to welcome you into the kingdom of God. You're part of the family. You're not an outsider, you're now an insider. And we would love if you could let us know because we want to reach out to you. We want to you know, give you some material that will help you uh, start this wonderful relationship with Jesus. And also at the same time, we're open. If you're looking for a family to connect with, if you're looking for a community to be a part of, we want to invite you to Impact Life Church right here. We are people that love Jesus with all of our hearts and we love one another. This is the command that God gave us and we're going to do it until he comes back. So if you're looking for more information, please go to impactlife.ca. You could phone our office 403-340-3880. You can email us. You can Facebook message us. Whatever is easiest for you, we just want to let you know that we're here for you. We love you. We want to support you and bring you into the fullness of what Jesus has called you. Have a wonderful day and we will see you throughout the week.